we are starting a series called Sacred Selfie. And here's what I know, okay? That over the past several years, since about 2002, our culture has put a major emphasis on identity, right? It, our culture will tell us that you should have your own unique identity. Do whatever you can, whatever it takes to have your own unique identity. Now, I know there's some Twilight fans out there. So if you watch Twilight, I have, unfortunately. Uh, there is two options. Uh, Team Edward or Team Jacob. And apparently there's a right and wrong answer to that. I think they're both dumb. That's just my opinion. But apparently there's a right and wrong answer. I don't know. But even in that, right, when that movie first came out, you were either Team Edward or Team Jacob. That's all, that's all there was. And so our culture puts a lot of emphasis on identity. And as I've lived life, uh, I've realized there is a specific formula that we use for identity. And here's the thing. It is unique to middle schoolers. It's unique to high schoolers. And it's unique to adults. But here's the formula. The formula for identity is words plus stuff equals your identity. That when people look at you, they use words, they combine that with the stuff that you have, and all of a sudden, that's your identity, right? For all my high schoolers, you know this is true, because y'all know that one kid, that one kid, one day in lunch, they drop their tray, they spill their stuff, see you're laughing because you know it's true, and all of a sudden, they're known as that kid, all right? They walk in, oh, it's that kid, poor Noah, spilled his drink over there. And now he is known as the kid who spilled Sprite on the first night of youth. And so all these words, you put, to, you put them together with stuff, and that's your identity, right? Who likes to fish? Where, where's my fishers at? Okay. I don't like to fish. So when people look at me, my identity is not fishing. But for others, it might be. And so again, this is, this is what we see. But here's the problem. Words and stuff change. All right? One day, people will give you some positive words. You're so great. You're so awesome. But then the next day, it might be a little different story. They can go from giving you praise to maybe talking bad about you. So words and stuff change, right? James uh, chapter 3, verse 10 says that praise and cursing comes from the same mouth. It says that on one hand, we praise God, but on the other hand, we curse people around us. So words can change. And you guys know that's true. But also things can change. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, it talks about what happens to things that we store here on earth. Here on earth, the things that we store, they won't last. Because moths, moths, yeah, moths, I think, I, I can't talk. Moth and rust destroys what the Bible says. So words and stuff, they don't, they, they don't last. They, they change. So if this formula is flawed, if we can't use this to, uh, to, use to find out our identity, where do we go with that? Because there has, to be something, there has to be a place to go, right? True identity comes from being in Jesus. If you want to know what your identity is, look to Jesus. And tonight, what we're going to do is, I'm going to move this because I, I have terrible like, walking skills. I'm going to get off the stage here in a minute. 
What we're going to see tonight is four different reasons to choose the identity that God gives us. Because here's the reality. You don't have to choose Jesus. You can go through your life. You can choose whatever you want to do. You can choose other things. You can choose the identity that other people give you, that other people speak over you. Or you can accept the identity that God gives you. And so tonight I want to show you four different reasons. And let me put this little disclaimer on there. There are so many more reasons than just four to choose Jesus. Okay, there are a lot more reasons. And as much as I would love to stand here for an hour, hour and a half and talk, you probably don't want that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in on four different things. So tonight we're going to be in Ephesians. I'm going to look at verses 3 through 14, but I'm not going to read all of them, so don't worry. So some of your faces are like, oh, he's reading all those verses. I'm not, okay? But tonight we're going to spend some time in this text because in this, in this chapter, in these verses, Paul lays out four different reasons why we should accept Jesus. He lays out four benefits that you and I get if we choose to accept the identity that God gives us. And I'm a uh, note person, as you can tell. So if you take notes, I'm going to put stuff here for you to write down if you want to. You don't have to, but if you want to. So jumping in, the first reason is that with our identity that comes with knowing Jesus, we get spiritual blessings. So in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So if you look at this, let's, let's break this down to maybe some more familiar terms. If you look at blessing, if, if you study what blessings are, it comes down to this. Blessings are tools to succeed in your spiritual life. Last week, you guys responded to some questions upstairs, which you all have some great handwriting. And some of you all put on there uh, the question about what, what do you want from this group? What do, you want from, what do you want from being a part of this group? Some of you all put, to better my walk with Jesus. His word gives us plenty of tools for success. I know I sound like I'm in high school right now by saying tools for success, but I promise you, if you're here on Sundays, Pastor Scott's going through a series right now on Proverbs. And one thing that stuck out to me when we first came a couple weeks ago was when he said that Proverbs, they aren't promises. They're principles. They're things that we can live by to be successful in our lives. Now, y'all have probably heard this verse before. But Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths Straight. So in this, we see what it takes, and that's trust. We have to trust God enough to let him do what he wants to do. And we could spend a whole night talking about how, how we're not good at trusting, right? Because we want to do things on our own way. We want full control. We want everything to be how we want it to be. So trusting can be hard sometimes. So spiritual blessings that we are given... There are, there are little tools for success. And the second thing is this. The second reason in verse 7 is that we get redemption. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So redemption, if you think about redemption, redemption is the release or deliverance from a state of slavery. So if someone was to come and redeem you, they, they, they were to come and to release you from slavery. Have y'all heard about the Israelites before? Yeah. yeah. So they went through redemption, right? Because they were, in, they were in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. And then Moses, this weird looking dude, comes along and says, Hey, guess what? I'm gonna, God's going to redeem you guys. God is going to uh, redeem you and restore you out of Egypt. And so the people of Israel went through redemption. But let's put this in the context of the gospel. So in the context of the gospel, in the context of what God teaches us in his word, redemption is not only us moving from a state of slavery to sin, because uh, who in here is a sinner? Y'all are so smart. All of us are, right? We're all sinners. And so we all need somebody to come and save us, and it's not by our own will. And so not only do we get redemption through Jesus and his blood, but we get forgiveness too. So not only are we set free, we're also, we're also forgiven. So redemption leads to absolute freedom. That is one of the amazing things about Jesus. It is absolute freedom. When he, when he saved you, when he came into your life upon you asking him, he redeemed you, he saved you, and he gave you absolute freedom. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I love freedom. Who likes freedom? All of us, right? If you don't like freedom, come talk to me afterwards. We'll pray through it, and we'll, we'll work it out, okay? But most of us, we like freedom. Now, one, one, uh, one area that I really struggle with when it comes to feeling free are the way people think of me or talk about me. In other words, people's words can hold me captive really, really bad. When I first started out in student ministry, I was so consumed by what other people thought of me. You can ask Becca. I was so consumed by what other people were doing and what other people saw of me or thought of me. But the second that I realized, look, it's not about me, because it's really not about me. It's not. The second that I realized that, all of a sudden Jesus was like, hey, you don't have to worry about that. Don't have to worry about that. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Exodus 14, 14. I encourage you on your own time, look that up. Exodus 14, 14. It's a very simple verse. It says, the Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is be still. I don't know about y'all. I can't be still. Hence why I'm doing all this right now. I, I, I can't sit still. All right. And so staying still is hard for us to do. Because it's, it's just not human natural. It's not human natural, all right? And so we don't like being, no one caught that. I was, <laughs> I did. my wife did. Thank you, honey. You're such a great ministry partner. <sighs> Man, no one caught that. I'm really, I'm really disappointed in myself. What was that we were supposed to catch? Okay. Human nature. I So what we've seen is that I'm really funny to adults, but students are like, he is stupid. That's what we've seen in this moment. But we're going to move on from that. Redemption, right? Absolute freedom. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Absolute freedom from that. Okay? And so with Jesus, we get redemption and we get forgiveness. The third reason... 
why you should accept the identity given by Jesus is that, is that we get the seal of his spirit. Verse 13 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, this might be out of date a little bit for students, but I'm going to try it. So back then, when people wrote letters, they put a seal on that letter. They would have some, some hot wax with some, their family's emblem, whatever. And they would put that seal on the letter. Why? Because they wanted to protect that letter, right? Think about it. When grandma sends you money, she probably tapes it up, right? She either tapes it up or she goes like, ah, licks it, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Y'all are worse than the kids. <laughs> so when we send stuff, we want it to be protected, right? We don't just leave it open and money can fall out. And so a seal represents security. So when God says that you were marked with him, that you were marked in him with the seal, he meant that you were secure. But what does this, what does this Holy Spirit do for us? So here's a few things. The Holy Spirit dwells. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in us. That means that He's with us wherever we go. We're never alone. We're never on our own. He is always with us. He guides us. John 16, 15. He guides us. Right? We saw that in Proverbs 2. If we trust in Him, He'll guide our steps. He helps us in our weakness. Romans 8, verses 26 through 27. He helps us, but also... He intercedes for us. I love that. Because sometimes, I'll just be honest with you guys, I don't know what to pray for. When I'm sitting and I'm, and I'm trying to think of the words to pray, I, I get nothing. And so in those moments when we're like, what do I say right now? The Spirit, it says, hey, I got this for you. He is interceding for us. Even before we say a word, He is interceding for us. And I love that. And so we get the seal of the Spirit. But there's one more reason. There's one more reason. We get an inheritance. In verse 14, it says, who is, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are, called, who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So think about this. An inheritance is something that is promised to be given, right? When parents pass on, they try to have something to give to their kids, right? Inheritance is a promise of something to be passed on when the time comes. So what is our inheritance? What do we get? Simply put, heaven. That, that, that is our inheritance. That is our promise. But I, but I want to challenge you because here's, here's what I see happens sometimes. Is that we get so focused on heaven. We get so focused on, oh, I can't wait till I get there. I can't, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just living for heaven. But here's the problem with that. If we, if we just live for heaven, we're missing a lot of people right down here. Right? We're not meant to just... Wait to heaven. Well, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait it out. No, we're meant to get in the trenches with people. Because if you're a Christian, if you're someone who believes in Jesus, your goal in life should be for more people to be in heaven with you when you go there. Your goal should get as, to, to, to get as many people to heaven as possible. So heaven is not something for us just to, oh, I'm just waiting until I get there. No, we're meant to bring people with us to heaven. That is the goal. And so going back real quick. So reason one, tools for success. Reason two, release. Reason three, security. 
and reason for a promise. So these are the things that we get. These are the benefits that come with accepting our identity in Jesus. And again, you don't have to choose Jesus. You don't have to. No one is forcing you to. But I hope you do, because that's the best thing you can choose. I promise you that. I've been on the other side of this. I've been on the side where where I'm playing my game and not God's game, and it does not work out. I promise you that. So going back to what we said a minute ago, true identity comes from being in Jesus. So where does it not come from? What doesn't come from our ever-changing culture? Listen, culture is going to change. It's changed in the past year, past two years, three years. And social media has evolved. I don't know about y'all, but I love social media. I love scrolling through Facebook and and Instagram and MySpace and Twitter and all. So I love social media. But here's what can happen. If we're not careful, social media can fuel a lot of discontentment. It can fuel a lot of of bad feelings. Because we look at our, our Facebook, right, and we're... We're, we're going to church every week and we're going to the subway and we're doing all these normal things. But our friends, man, they're, they're, they're at a different beach every week, it seems like. They're going on vacation after vacation. They got all this new stuff. And let's, let's, let's not forget the filter. We cannot forget the power of the filter, right? The right lighting, the right background. So social media can be a, it can be a place where we just constantly feed on other people's thoughts of us because if your social media does not have a lot of activity people may say well man he he or she they must not have a really good life because they're not doing nothing but then we see all these people they're doing more and more stuff and we're like what what's going on with my life why why am i not doing all these things because culture changes social media can be a way that we keep up with everything we keep up with everybody and so most people, they, they define themselves by things that change. Jobs change for most people. Physical looks, they change. I wasn't this good looking 10 years ago. It only gets better from here. That's right. My man, Decker. A little worried about that, though. <laughs> Relationships, they change, right? You were friends with people five years ago that you might not be with friends now, right? I had friends in college. We were great friends. Now, I don't talk to them. So all these things change, and if we're not careful, we, we, we find ourselves putting our, our identity in these things. But our identity in Jesus, it will never change, guys. It will never change. One of my favorite verses, Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Here is the essence of that. There is nothing... And there's nothing. There, there's no person. There's no situation. There's no label given to you. There's no word spoken against you. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. So once you bring God into your heart, he's staying there. For good, bad, ugly, he's staying there. So tonight, what are you putting your identity in? Are you putting your identity in things that aren't going to last, that are going to change? Or are you putting your identity in things that aren't going to change? Are you putting your identity in a God who loves you no matter what? I don't know where you are. I don't know your life stories. I hope to one day. So maybe you're here tonight and you've been, maybe you've never put your identity in Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted him. If that's you tonight, your first step is asking him into your heart. That's your first step. But if you have put your faith in him, maybe you're, 
Maybe you would say, you know what, Aaron? I've, I've, I've kind of been going back to my old identity. I've been going back to how I used to be. Or I'm, 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 I find myself gravitating towards what people think of me as opposed to what God says about me. If that's you, it's time to come back to Jesus. You can go as far as you think you can go. You can go as low as you think you can go. God can reach you wherever you are. So if you want to come back to Jesus, you can do that right, you can do that right now, tonight, in your seats. And so here's what's going to happen. We're going to split up into, into small groups. So we're going to have a middle school boy group. We're going to have a high school boy group. And then we're going to have a girl group all together, middle school and high school. And you guys are going to get the chance to talk about some stuff that we talked about tonight. And listen, I'm going to be over here on the side. If you, if you want to talk to me, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus and you want to, come talk to me. I would love to talk to you. If you want to come back to Jesus, come talk to me. I'd love to help you through that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to split up, all right? And so we'll spread out. My volunteers know uh, who they got, okay? So, don't know who that is. Kind of creepy. But let's just all stare at them. Who is it? I hope someone wants to. I hope someone walks around the corner. Okay. <laughs> I got, got a little nervous. I was like, someone should be walking around the corner about now, right? Let's pray, guys. Come on in, buddy. You're all right. Let's pray, guys. God, we love you so much. And we are thankful for this moment. We pray that as we transition out to small groups, God, that you would uh, just give us uh, some really good time just to dive in even more in small groups, God. If there's anyone that doesn't know you personally, God, right now I pray that you would just stir in their hearts, God. That you would just move in their heart and their spirit, God. Give them a, a burning desire to come to you. For those that are here that have put their faith in you, maybe they've been running away from you or running in the opposite direction and they want to come back. If that's the case, God, give them that, give them that fire in their spirit to do that. God, I pray that that in these next few moments, that as we break into small groups, God, that you would just continue to move, that you would be in every part of the conversation, God. We love you and to your great name that I pray. Amen.